You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is the sermon recording from this week's service, but first, here are the readings. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a child, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand, and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapters 13, verses 10 through 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, not the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all of his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all of the wonderful things that he was doing. The word of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. And now for this week's sermon.
I want to begin by asking a strange question. How many of you have ever imagined being God? One person. I'm so glad you came. I don't feel quite so... And Kyle, you are God. I remember just once, as a child, laid in bed, and it was dark, and I couldn't sleep, and I was having a horrid time at school. And I remember just thinking, I wish I was God, because I won't say his name, because it's on podcast and he might hear it, I don't like him, and I'd give him spots. <laughs> and I know somebody else, I thought, well, I'd make their hair greasy and fall out. That's called karma. And then as I lay there thinking about it and I'd spilled my wrath over the people that I didn't like, I said to think, actually, I'm go I don't even need to go to school anymore. I can create a great big hole. The school will disappear. I'm done. And then thought a little bit more. I thought, really, what would it be like to be God? To be immortal, timeless. And then suddenly I thought, alone. Now, I'm still only a child, so I don't understand the complexities of theology and trinity or anything else. I just thought, alone. And then I suddenly started to think, but then that's why he made us. He made creation, and he made us, and there was Adam and Eve. And I thought, oh, of course, it didn't work. Adam and Eve weren't happy in the garden. They didn't want to be with him, and so they left. And then I started to think how lonely that must have been. And I continue to think about it even now, especially when I speak to a mother or a father who has lost touch with their children, that they've outgrown them and they've moved away or there's been a falling out and they don't see their children anymore. Or a family that have seen their son or their daughter fall into addiction. And bit by bit, they see the child that they love and have grown and watched and sacrificed slowly disappear and go down a path that they just can't reach. And I thought about God. What is God like? His entire creation walking away from him. One of my favorite books in the scriptures is Hosea. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. But the more I called him, the further he went away. He had idols and false gods. He didn't realize it was me leading him with bonds of kindness, with leading strings of love. I was like a father who bent down to feed his child. Such an incredible image. And then in Isaiah, we hear, could a mother forget the baby hit her breast? Even if that happens, I won't forget you. And then in our first reading, I knew you before I formed you in the womb, and I love you. And so the Old Testament is a love story, pure and simple. God reaching out to his people, longing to love them and longing for them to know him. But there is a fault. 
And whenever God comes close, we seem to move farther away. And it becomes difficult. And even the people that he formed in the wilderness and brought together as his very own people made the fatal mistake. They didn't really know God, but instead they made God in their own image. And they worshipped a God of rules and regulations. So what is God's answer? What is God's greatest act of love? We hear the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Can I get three volunteers? I'm not going to make you do anything drastic and I'm not going to ask you to speak. I just need three figures. Thank you. One. Thanks, Emma. Two. Troy. Wonderful. Come on out. Come stand down here. Emma, you were God. <laughs> Slightly promotion. All right. Um, okay, we can stand. So, we began with a perfect relationship with God in the garden. One to one, face to face, beauty and harmonious. But we turned from God and we became close and walked far, far away. Not you, Todd. Troy, you've been promoted. You're the saviour. Yeah. Saint Athanasius, uh, one of the holy fathers of the fourth century, spoke of the incarnation, and he said, "God became man, so that man could become God." The joy of that and the reality of it: God becomes part of His own creation. The limitless God becomes limited. And it was to turn around humanity that had gone so far away and facing the wrong direction, so Jesus comes. And he took on our human weakness and all our faults. But what was needed was someone who was so exemplary, someone who loved God so much, had so much trust in him that he would do the Father's will, God's will, whatever it was. And so he becomes a challenge to the rest of society, to the Jews, to everybody who meets him. We've had a difficult few weeks because we've been listening to the Gospel of Luke. And in it, it challenges us. Last week, Morgan spoke about how we're so used to the nice, gentle Jesus, the friendly Jesus the peaceful Jesus. Actually, the reality is different because every word he spoke, every act he did was a challenge because we didn't really know who God was or who God is. And so he was taking part in this huge transformation of humanity and turning us back around to face God. How? by being open completely to the will of God, even to facing death. And the scriptures that we've been listening to over the last few weeks seem quite harsh. 
and coming to bring fire to the earth. And oh, how I wish it were burning already. Jesus has left the comfort of Galilee and he is walking towards Jerusalem. And he knows what is in store for him. But Jesus takes humanity and through his life, death and resurrection and brings us and brings us back to the Father, back to God, the Creator, whole and complete in this perfect relationship. Thank you. Would you like to sit back down? Thank you. So what does that mean for us? As followers of Jesus, renewed in this relationship with God, the Creator, God the Father, God the Mother, a God who loves us in ways we just can't understand. Well, we hear in the first reading, I have called you and I have given you the words. We are called to go out into the world just as Jesus did and not be peaceful and nice and meek. Last week we spoke of extremists for love, Christian witnesses that speak up against the injustice of the world, who go out of our way to reach out to those who are on the margins of society, to speak up about the hypocrisy of politicians around the world. One of the things that I would like for us as Northern Lights to do is form a faith and action group. And I'll be at the back of church tonight. Anybody who wants to talk to me about it and ask any questions, for us, or for that group to lead us into putting our faith into action. And just like the first reading, Jeremiah, I'm not one to cause trouble. I don't know what words to say to people. I can't possibly cause chaos or speak out against people. Don't need to. You just have to have the will. Mother Teresa said, it's doing small things with great amounts of love. Let's be a people who really contemplate the love God has for each one of us and allow that to transform us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to be a real difference in the world and to be a living gospel, the living good news that all are saved in Jesus. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do, head across to our website, www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk.